Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. First day. I mean, this is yes. the first day of sending a Zoom link. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's like. <laughs> It's like it didn't zoom, it crawled. Because <laughs> you know what? I had the audacity to try to schedule a meeting and and going through all the Zoom settings, I guess I just did something that required, I don't know. I don't know. You to be like an authentified or authenticated user or something. It just, man, what a mess. Wow. I mean, it's almost, there's a level of embarrassment on... Uh, <laughs> Like, it's just like a tad. <laughs> I mean, you we know, know that you have technical issues. We know that. I think what we fail to realize is how deep it goes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, you, you know, what's funny is I, I, was, I was just having a conversation with someone about the joys of having an old a uh, landline rotary phone or even a push button phone, the old kind, you know, the wired ones and the joy of hanging up on someone. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that cord used to get so stretched out when you had a, when you had a phone that was connected. <laughs> you had to, it was like, you had to do like, like the, um, the hurdles to get through the room and across the room, across the floor and everything because the cord was just jacked up. You bought it. It said six feet, but by a month after <laughs> using it, it was like 20. <laughs> or, or if you got a punishment or timeout or whatever, uh, you used the whole time to unravel the cord and not it. <laughs> It was it was all of a sudden the single most important thing in the world to do. Just unknot that cord. Oh my god. Yeah, you'd hold the phone kind of upside down and let the cord spin itself out of control. Oh. <laughs> you know, I once worked, I once worked for this guy. He was a control freak, like just the biggest control freak. And he came to my um my desk once and my my desk phone um had a knotted up cord so it was just a handset to the phone base you know how that cord gets all knotted up but he was talking to me once and he was so disturbed by that as as we were talking he got up from his chair he walked around my desk behind me picked up the cord picked up the phone handle and did what you just said he let it drop so it unraveled and he just said you know you could do this yourself <laughs> <laughs> 
get out my grill. <laughs> Our bodies were so close. I could feel the body heat coming off him. <laughs> he was that close to me, like all of it, my personal workspace. I thought, <laughs> oh my God, what a freak. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, my, my mom, I talked, you know, past couple podcasts, I bring up my mom because she gets excited listening and she was telling me, she said that my dad, she had my dad join in and listen. And during that conversation, they found it so flipping funny when you talked about your uncles on your Canadian trip, how they asked for <laughs> what kind of bread you have. And he said, oh bring me the one you have the most of. Oh. So- <laughs> <laughs> right what in the world (laughs) and then sourdough so I was hoping that (laughs) you could share another story because I think what happened was my mom and dad both being of of an older age let's say Mm. really enjoyed the dynamic of I think how they would act but don't so you have any other good stories you know what so um thanks everybody for listening in uh this is voice memo and as you all know by now, we're just, and this is how we start. We just, we, we just go, we're just on. And um, so, yeah, so I was in Canada a couple of weeks ago, uh, traveling across Canada with my two uncles, uh, my uncle Bill and my uncle Vernon, and they are 11 years apart. Um, they're brothers and we were traveling with them. Uh, we took a trip because my uncle Bill, who's 75, had never seen Canada. And so we decided to, um, take him on a trip across Canada. So we flew to Vancouver. We took the train from Vancouver to Toronto. So on the train, um, as Jennifer was just talking about, we have these strange dining um, episodes. But, you know, we also had an episode in Vancouver before we got on the train. And so we were at this beautiful hotel in downtown Vancouver. And we had two rooms. And um, to honor Uncle Bill, he had his own room, nice king-size bed. And then uh, Uncle Vernon and I shared a room that was quite large as well with two queen-size beds. And so he initially expressed a concern to me about noise while sleeping because I sleep with one of those CPAP machines. Did you know that? Did you know I have one of those? I, unfortunately, I did know that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I sleep, I, I'm like, I'm a robot when I go to sleep. Like, I have, like, you put this whole mask on your face and it straps around your head and it has a core connected to this machine that I originally thought was pumping oxygen or happy gas or something into your gullet so that you wouldn't snore and have sleep apnea. But it turns out it's not that. It's just air. They just blow air down your snout and it keeps your fat throat open so that you're not sucking um, and, and for air or struggling for air. And that's what causes you to snore. And so, and then when you snore too much, you prevent your mind from getting to that deep REM sleep and you are, are not rested, your health suffers, all these things. So anyway, I had this mask and so I told Mark Vernon, I said, no, this is like a modern CPAP machine. It doesn't make any noise. Like it's a very slight hum. And it's actually a soothing hum because it's just a little sound of, of um, air. So he goes, okay, or whatever. So we'll, we'll get through it. So we're in, a, we're in this giant room and it's, it's, our room is on the corner. Of, it's the 21st floor. It's the corner of this hotel. So we have two giant windows. So one window that are, both of our beds are facing 
is looking out on the uh, Vancouver skyline. It's just beautiful. And then the window on the side where my bed is, is looking out to a different part of um, downtown Vancouver. So I'm sleeping in that bed next to that window. And we're, uh, both of our beds are facing uh, the giant window. So we go to sleep, you know, no issues or anything like that. And I wake up at about, uh, I'm an early riser. So I get up at about maybe about 530 right? You know, I'm going to go pee, think about things. So I get back in bed and I'm like, well, I don't really know what to do. You know, I'm not going to turn on the light. They're both still asleep. So I figured, well, I'll just check on my phone for a minute. So I put a podcast on it, by the way. And at about 545, my Uncle Vernon gets up. Now he sleeps, as I noticed then, with the blanket fully over his head. You know, how some people do is just, they're just like cocooned. So he gets up. He walks to the big window and he starts closing the because we slept with the with the with the curtains open because it's a beautiful skyline, right? Nightlight and everything. So he starts to close that. So I had been awake for a little while. So I say, Yeah, it's getting pretty light. You know, I guess it's a good time to close it. So he doesn't say anything. I'm thinking, well, okay, whatever. So then he walks to my side of the room across my bed and he goes to my curtains and closes my curtains. And I was like, well, I was sort of enjoying the light there. And he never says a word. He just goes back to his bed, gets back in bed, and throws a cover over his head again. And that's it. Like, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so the light was seeping through his blankets? <laughs> I mean, he never said a word. Like, And when he was closing the curtains, he couldn't have been sleepwalking because, you know, the, the window is so big and the curtains are so expansive it, it made a lot of noise to close those curtains <laughs> and then he just calmly walked to my curtain now that window by my bed is about is about nine inches from my bed like he's right next to me and i'm like well i, I sort of like that i sort of like that light and he just nothing not a word goes right <laughs> back to bed and so now i'm just laying there in the dark thinking about what, when are these guys gonna wake up <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! And that was that was our first night. That was our first night in the hotel. I'm thinking, oh my god, how, I'm gonna get through this. So, yeah. So my uncles are uh, are very very idiosyncratic. But you know, what? let me tell you one other story about about Uncle Vernon. So Uncle Vernon. So we all have our things about eating. So his is he likes to eat family style, right? So I told you that in the last podcast. He so he looks at everyone's meals um, before he orders, and not our meals because we haven't ordered but he looks at other diners in the restaurant. He starts looking at what they have ordered and starts randomly asking them questions about their meals. <laughs> like, how does it taste? How was it prepared? Did you, did you change the order? Any just random conversations with people about the food that they're, they are now eating. <laughs> and, then, and then he will say to the table and often to me, okay, I wanna order this, but I also want some of that. So you order that and I'll get some of yours and we'll share. And I'm just like, well, no. I want to order mine. I want what I want because I don't like to share. And he likes to share, I like this family style deal. And then I've learned through the years, every time there's a sharing episode with this guy, he always gets the better end of the bargain. Like he <laughs> always, he always gets the better end of the bargain. So we go through all that, right? So I'm going to fast forward to just the other night. I'm sitting at home with my daughter, Leah, and, and we get some ice cream. We go to our local ice cream store. We both get a little double scoop in a cup four different flavors and I'm sitting on my sofa and she's sitting on her chair 
And I started eating my ice cream and all of a sudden, now let me say that, that Leah has her own chair. Like that's her chair, her space, and she loves it. I brought that chair specifically for her. She has her throw, her pillows. She never leaves that chair for watching like TV or or she's doing homework, whatever. But all of a sudden she gets up, she gets her blanket and she comes and sits next to me. Now she's 17, right? And so I just go, oh, it's been a long time. She's just sat next to daddy like this. I really love it. And she goes, yeah, I want to sit next to you. Let's share our ice cream. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you just ruined my life. Like right now, you ruined my life. Get away from me. But, you, you know, you probably know because of your nephews, you have no defense against, you know, grown, uh, you know, almost grown kids just doing stuff to you. So, yeah, she's definitely related to my uncles. That's where I was going with that. That is so funny. I, you know, I was uh, talking, my nephew sent me a message after our podcast and he said, mom told me to tell you to, to stop having me grow up so fast. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you said that I'm 12. And I said, yeah, you're going to be 13. He's like, I'm 11. And you've done it on the past couple podcasts and you need to know that I'm 11. I was like, damn, okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) He's, you know what? He's probably the person that gave us that low rating on, on the. Probably. Is, is, is that little bugger? I mean, what the what? The what? <laughs> oh, my God. Man. Oh. He was asking me, you know, it's funny. He's 11, and the one that snuck out is 14. And the 11 year old said, You know what I would love for you to talk about, Auntie Jenny? They're the only two that I allow me to call me Jenny because okay. ever since Forrest Gump, Jenny, all that. I knew. Uh, oh, poor Jenny was a tragic case. I, I do not want to be called Jenny. And he said, I would like to know what toys did you have growing up and what toys did you want but never got? Oh, that is a great kid question for old folks. So, so uh, I'll go first if you don't mind. Yes, yes, please. So the thing that I most wanted was a big wheel. Oh, right. Just the big wheel. I mean, those commercials, those kids just flying on those big wheels, spinning out, you know, maneuvering. It just it seemed like just the greatest. It was it was the greatest gift that we could never get like ever. It, I never had one like to this day. I never had one. What about wow. you? You know, I was I thought about that. And for the life of me, I have to say. I, I was a Barbie-aholic. I loved Barbies. I played I Barbies. I went outside. All my girlfriends would set up ourselves outside with Barbies. And we would have these little fantasy worlds all um, pondered up in our minds about the lives they were leading. And honest to goodness, in most cases, I, I don't know if I was really deprived per se. Um, I, I think they found, my parents found the more economical choices. So I wanted amazing Barbie furniture. You know, the Barbie world had this amazing townhouse and they went to one of my dad's sisters. You know, again, I told you you had 13 siblings Yeah. and she built me furniture for my Barbies, which I thought, you know, back then, you know, I was like, Oh, what's this? But thinking about it, it was probably one of the best things that someone could do for me to give me something that I wanted and we couldn't afford it. So my parents found another way to get it for me. You know what? That's really nice. Like, that's a real, you know, it's funny. That's a real great parent story that sometimes at the time, 
a child would not appreciate, right? They're like, oh, I want the real plastic pink one. But like what you got was really cool. Sir, I was thinking about all the things that I did have, right? I mean, and I was I I was a person that growing up, I, I think I've I've broken, I don't know, bones, concussions, split up on my eye with doing things that I was told not to do. So when I got a brand new banana seat bike, my dad had told me no Papa wheelies. Now Papa wheelies like, you know, where you go over a curb and you pop up the bike handles. Well, I got my new bike and of course I'm driving along and I'm thinking this is a perfect stairway to do a Papa wheelie. And lo and behold, I do a Papa wheelie and the handlebar went into my eye and split, split open my eye of and just blood everywhere. And I'm like, oh, I didn't want to go home. I didn't, I didn't want to tell my dad. Oh my God. You were totally the you were totally the inspiration for a final destination. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my god. Dad was so mad. He was not even, it didn't even bother him seeing the blood just gushing out of my eyeball. He was so <laughs> mad. He's like, you do fucking pop a wheelie. <laughs> Uh, that I, I am now a pirate. Do you even care that I have one eye? <laughs> oh, so that brought a bunch of memories back about like childhood toys and accidents and blood. You know everywhere. what? You know what? So I'll tell you something. So it's funny you bring that up because I have, um, I've always had, as you know, a, a fixation on comic books and comic book superheroes and so forth. And so once when I was a kid, I was probably about, I'm guessing about nine or 10 and I was already into Thor, right? The God of thunder, you know, and I decided to make my own hammer. Now Thor's hammer has this really weird name that, you know, they, they call, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Like, I don't know. It's like MJ something, something, something IR. So whatever. So I got a real hammer and I got like some, some rope or something, you know, and I tied it to the hammer and then I tied the other end of the rope to my wrist because as you know, as you may know, Thor throws his hammer and it returns to him like a boom, like a boomerang. So I decided I was going to become Thor and I made this hammer string or rope tied it to my wrist and hammer. So I go outside and I twirl it around my head like Thor. That's what Thor would do in the comic books. He would twirl it around his head and then he would throw it and I threw it. And then I pulled my hand back and the hammer was coming back to my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at that moment I knew I was not a guy. Like, I was not a guy. That, and if I was, <laughs> guys could die. I was going to die right here. And that hammer hit me right upside my noggin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the things we think about and do when we're kids, like the invincibility or invincibility <laughs> is that the right word that we yeah, think yeah. that we have when it comes to defying what our parents tell us not to do right just take a just just we take a left turn and just keep on going like just bonkers yeah because we hey, know be, better hey, hey but before you leave that that barbie story i wonder did you ever have a bitchy redhead best friend barbie I, i'm just wondering <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No. And if I did, I'd probably cut her hair. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know, uh, speaking of dolls, uh, once when, my, when Leah was little, she wanted uh, an American girl doll. 
And as best I can remember, these are dolls that um, I think they were called America. Girl. I could be wrong, but but you could go to their website and they basically would make you a doll that looked like your kid. Right. So you would get you put in their height, their skin tone, their hair, and they would make a doll and send it to you. Oh. And so we got one made for Leah and, and they're big and they were big. So Leah was probably only about maybe five or so. So the, the doll, it wasn't quite as tall as her, but it was about 75% of her height. And as soon as she got the doll and held it, she cried. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely it was so big. Yeah, it was frightening. <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally Annabelle. So so every now and then, so it, you know, it went straight to her closet. Like she never wanted anything to do with that doll because the eyes were like, they were sort of human, but not human enough, right? So they were just really creepy. So occasionally I would just go to her closet and I would pull it out of her closet, just leave it just randomly in her bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And so she would, she would scream and ask me to move it. So the end of that story is we ended up giving that doll away. <laughs> So the curse is spread. It went from here to, I don't know where it is now. <laughs> oh my God. I've never, you know what? I remember hearing about that type of doll, but I just never knew what it was because that our was thing was Cabbage Patch Kids. We had Ooh. the Cabbage Patch Kids. Ooh, yeah. Hey, you know what? Those things were, those things were expensive. Yeah. And they flew off the, you know, you try to make your kids special. I know my mom got me one. They got, my parents got me one. Or, and I, his name was Melvin. He was, he was bald. And <laughs> yeah, they were babies. Like yeah, they were bald. <laughs> Melvin was he black? Was Melvin black? No. <laughs> oh, oh sir. So how? So I was having a conversation. This is funny. Um, not not actually really funny. You know how what's happening in the news lately. And we're talking about what Biden won. I think we're going to know something about exhausting or getting rid of some of the student debt, maybe about oh, 10K yes. or something like that. Yes. And then a conversation around, you know, free healthcare. And I was thinking about how society in general doesn't really know how our like financial system works as civilians. You know, when people say, um, well, I don't want to pay for everybody's health care, right? That's what they say uh, here in America. I don't want to yeah. pay for it. And I'm like, bitch, do you know that you pay taxes and that pays for people's health care? Like you have like no idea what that means. Right. And right. I was, I was thinking that, you know, cause we definitely, we could use universal health care. I mean, I, I, I believe it's the number one reason why people claim bankruptcy in this country is because of medical bills. Mm -hmm. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pull up mm -hmm. any stats around that, but, mm -hmm. um, I was thinking of how people are don't really understand the dynamic of that whole U, UHC, well, universal healthcare, that yeah. people don't really understand that ultimately your taxes should be, it would is already paying into that. Now, just let's take out, let's take out the deductibles, let's take out the co-pays, let's take out the premiums, and let's right. just skip all that and do civilian taxes, healthcare. Like it's quite simple. It really is quite simple. And um, our, yes, you're absolutely right. Our taxes go to pay. Um, first and foremost, the majority of our taxes pay, uh, fund the military. That, that's yes. the biggest part of the U.S. government, U.S. government's uh, federal budget, right? the military. But then it's all the rest, right? So all the workers 
who have worked forever and paid into Social Security um, and then Medicare or Medi-Cal in California, uh, California. But yeah, those are people who paid into those systems and our taxes also fund those systems today. So, and then like you're saying, we fund all the public works. So highways, schools, um, infrastructure, our taxes pay that and healthcare. And not only do we pay healthcare for, or subsidize healthcare for people and help pay it for seniors and people who are indigent and who do not have healthcare, but because when people go to the hospital, they're going to get care. And that cost is going to be passed on somewhere. And so that's why the Affordable Care Act, always known as Obamacare, was and is so important because, because people are going to use hospital and medical facilities anyway. So you may as well create a system that uh, provides that to them. And then really, how advanced can we be as human beings if we have the ability to care for people from a medical standpoint and we choose not to? That's really terrible. Like, and you know what? It's like a third, we're like turning into some sort of third world country because there will be other countries that just cannot comprehend that America, yeah. you know, they put in quotes, does not give their citizens free health care. Right. And, and right. We start thinking about, you know, like I think you started with uh, President Biden erasing, said he was going to erase $10,000 in student loan debt. And he is, he is, he has eliminated billions, multiple billions through several different programs since he's been in office. And um, some people want him to eliminate more. And, I, and I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, fine, like eliminate more. However, you know what? Like you were saying, more people have medical debt. And that is a, that's a sickness. Why? That's a sickness, right? Why should you have medical debt or go into bankruptcy because you can't pay a medical bill. Like that makes no sense at all. So I, on the priority of things, I would rather him eliminate medical debt. And even with student loan debt, it's not so much the debt to me, my, personally. I think you you fix the interest, right? You, you eliminate that interest and maybe you eliminate some of it and, and you do what's called, I want him to do what's called means testing. Meaning if you're wealthy, then you know what? Pay your damn bills. Yep. And if you're not wealthy, you need some assistance, then I hope you get that assistance. Now, the, the problem is trying to decide what is wealth because, um, because in America, when we're talking about middle class, we generally are talking about white middle class. And white middle class is different than Latino middle class and black middle class. So a white person can say, I have a, you know, I make $120,000 a year, you know, I'm middle class and I have. 40, 50, $80,000 in student loan debt, where a black middle class person, I forget the exact number, it's probably around $40,000 a year. So the statistics show that if you eliminate $10,000 in student debt, that is 100% of the debt for something like 20% of the people. Like you eliminate, and those are, the, or 30% of people, and those people are generally people who are not higher income and higher level income. And so you could start there and work your way up. But in America, things tend to go to those who have the most political power, first and foremost. So like the last president gave a $1.2 trillion tax break to the super wealthy. And when we say super wealthy, we really should just say wealthy white men. Like that's who it went to. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but America tends to not like to talk like that when it's going upward. But when it's going middle or down, then it's like, let's talk race. What race is getting this? Right. But when it's going upward, that was all to 
that was something like 90, 70 percent of wealthy white men. They got that tax rate, which, OK, fine, you got it. It's gone. We won't get it back. However, let's go down. Let's go down another level. And if the next level is what we call middle class white people, if, if they're going to get their share of the pie, then you have to get those people who make less than that and for whom a student loan is a larger burden overall percentage of their income and would give them greater relief. You have to do that. But the pro- one of the problems with that is in the Democratic Party, unlike the Republican Party, the Democratic Party is what they call a big tent. So you have all these varied interests within the Democratic Party. And President Biden has to try to balance, if I do it for this group within the big tent, I need to do something for this group within the big tent. And that that's, that's the pressure he's under right now to try to do something that satisfies a lot of people ahead of the midterms. And that's... You know what, that's why he's president. Yeah, he's got to figure that out. Yeah, he works for us, you know, and I I think that's funny when we think about the president. I, I, people, you know, will say, I don't hear a lot about the president. And, you know, here, you know, there's not a lot of debates going on. I mean, there are, but ultimately he works for me. He should be quiet doing his job. Like, honest to goodness, we shouldn't be hearing about all the nonsense like we did previous with our last one it's you just move on do your job and allow me to you know make my money earn my income do pay my taxes do what i need to do but ultimately i don't want to hear you tweeting i don't want to hear all of that stuff. right right i, I love that yeah because you know what it's funny because i think back to to um my uh, professional career the companies that i've worked for that have been successful with their ceos the ceos and the companies have been successful are the ones that you never heard from those motherfuckers. They're just At out there all. working, right? And, and you usually hear from their lieutenants, right? And that's what you hear from the Biden administration. You hear from Kamala Harris. You hear from the financial guy, Blinken, I think is his name. You hear from the the um, the, the the joint chiefs of cha- joint chiefs of staff guy about the Ukrainian war. You hear about Deb Haaland, who is over. Um, um, uh, she is the first Indian uh, Native American woman over, I can't think of her department, but anyway, she's changing park names and doing all this work. You start hearing from the people who are actually doing the work as opposed to President Biden. He could talk about ice cream. He could go shake hands, but he put people in place that can get the job done. That's, yep. that's what you like because he's not a dictator and he's not trying to take credit for everything. Just I got people out there doing things. So whether it's the Senate, Nancy Pelosi running things or whomever, you know what? He has strong lieutenants. He, they're just getting their job done. And it's and it's crazy that you say, you know, something about student loans and we can definitely move on because we're definitely we we could we could talk about it for a while. But no one wants to hear that. Plus, I don't want to talk about right. it. Exactly. If you think so. about <laughs> student loans over the past couple of years, though, there was a halt. I don't know what they call it in the student loan world, but it allowed you not to have payments or make interest or do yes. something for extended. Mo- you don't get that with medical bills. No one says, right? guess what? you know what, since you're going through this hardship, we'll stop your payment with your medical bills until you can get on your feet. Like that doesn't, that. that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Yeah. They paused payments on student loans for the past couple of years because of COVID, which right. was a nice, right. And I like that. And yes, medical bills should have been paused as well. Like yep. I, I am off just eliminate medical debt, eliminate, it. just eliminate it and fix the system that, that, that gets people in the debt and has and causes them to call um, a file for bankruptcy because of medical debt. That's a that's a vile predatory practice that we need to eliminate in this country. 
Predatory. Yeah, that's good. Cause you know, you think about most people don't want to go to the doctor because they don't have the finances for it. So then what happens is something that could be caught early is actually now much later in the process and more expensive. So we're yes. creating this culture that doesn't allow people to go in and do their annual physicals and checkups and checking things out. And I, it just doesn't allow for that. So, yeah, you know, it's, you know, what? Mm. one thing on the medical thing, I'll tell you this and this, you know, I've talked about my sister and clinical dietitian, intuitive eating counselor. She taught me something when you talk about body image and we talked about BMI last week, how that's a made up mathematician bullshit thing. She mm. also taught me that, Hey, when you go to the doctor, you can tell the people that check you in, I'm not getting weighed today, which means they can't base their medical analysis on your number that you gave them for the scale. So they oh, actually, right. Really great yeah. yeah. So they actually have to do an assessment based on talking to you, your blood work, all those types of things that, because the answer will always be, listen, you're over the BMI, you know, my, you can't see my fingers, but I'm doing quotes. You'll, you're over the BMI. So in order to fix your issue that you have with your back or your leg or your cramps or your side or your pain, you definitely have to lose weight first. They use that number to make, to make a prognosis for you without even getting into the nitty gritty. So I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, the scale is never my friend. I, it, it, having a number dictate how you feel about yourself emotionally, but I will tell you going to the doctor, which I do every year, I don't care. I just go, but doing that for the past two years has made the experience even better because I am not based on a number. And I think that that's one thing. If we, if we talk about the medical community and something that I've learned from my sister is that big takeaway. So anybody listening that is not going to the doctor because they don't want to get on the scale. All you have to say is, I am not being weighed today. And that's it. They say, thank you. You know what? Much. That's a great tip. I'm going to use that. As soon as they walk you back, as soon as they walk you back to that scale, I'll be like, nope. Exactly. And you have your sleep apnea, right? They probably yep. said something to you about your sleep apnea. Maybe that, oh, if you lost a few pounds, that yes. you probably wouldn't have this yes. issue. That is not the case. Yes. I love that. Um, it almost is like we went deep on a couple issues here. Like we're supposed to stay shallow. What the hell? Yeah, stay shallow. Okay. So speaking <laughs> of medical, um, now that I've watched Grey's Anatomy for 18 seasons, I think I actually have a medical degree. So <laughs> anything you want me to diagnose you with? <laughs> what are you watching on TV lately? So I watched, um, like you, I watched the most recent season of Selling Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best trash worthless piece of netflix tv there is 100 and you know what the first netflix show to do a motherfucking reunion i so, know that's next week right next week may 6th you know what okay so i've actually watched this show um with my daughter and i have used it as uh, uh, opportunity to pause and teach not about um, the craziness that goes on, but strictly from an office management standpoint. Like right? so, so they have yes. the two boss, the two bosses, how they handle situations, employee relations, and showing her because one day I don't know if she'll be in an office, but just talking to the employee aspect while also you know 
I mean, the show is ridiculous, right? It's just utterly ridiculous. And if you haven't seen it to our listeners, this is a show about um, the Oppenheim Group um, luxury real estate uh, company in um, Southern and Beverly Hills. And it's run, owned and operated by two brothers. Uh, I don't know their names, but anyway. Jason and they have a, Jason and Brett, and they're twins, identical twins. And they have a staff of Southern California beautiful women who sell high price Southern California real estate. And you're talking homes that at a minimum, they're going to be 3 million, but they'll have properties that go 10, 15, 20, 50, 70 million, like gigantic estates. Um, and so you follow these women as they are uh, showing the homes, typical uh, reality show stuff, as they're eating, drinking, um, having parties and reunions and all these kind of, not reunions, but um, outings and things like that. And so you follow all their inter-office dynamics. And you also, quite frankly, you follow their their clothing, their makeup, their their Botox, their hair. <laughs> it is a show that, you know, I, if I navigate through life, I'm fairly attractive. I hold my own. This show will make you feel ugly and poor. <laughs> it will it will because sometimes sometimes they'll talk about a property that you know maybe it's three or four million dollars four or five bedrooms four or five bathrooms maybe it has a view and they'll 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 poo poo it they're like wow <laughs> this view is not that good you can't really entertain right here you know you're thinking look at this house and they just it's nothing to them it's just it's nothing <sighs> so yeah this season is really satisfying so we don't want to spoil it for anybody but i think that um the one lady um the one barbie has i think she has run her course yeah christine is uh yeah i don't think i don't she's not going to be at the reunion from what i'm reading online she's not showing up at the reunion so Uh good riddance good riddance so and then and then the one um and she's earned it i mean she is her last act of trying to steal that client that's a mess, right? I mean, you cannot do that. You cannot do that in, in an office, like in, in sales. You can't steal someone else's client. Nope. At no, all. Busted, and, busted. Right, right. And as much as that one guy was hesitant, hesitant to, you know, take action on her because she's a rainmaker, she brings in money, but you pull a stunt like that, trying to steal a coworker's client, that messes with your, your, your company's reputation. That stuff gets out, you know, very quickly. So- yep. The yeah, small thing so. like that, even though it was five thousand dollars, what ha- what makes you think? And you and I in corporate America, if someone's doing the small things, they're also doing the large things. They just haven't been yeah. caught. Yet. Yes. So I am. So there is five seasons on Netflix, or maybe three or four. I don't know on Netflix. The episodes are usually thirty to forty minutes long, or something like that. It's fast. It's stylish. It's really messy and petty, and it's easy, trashy TV to view. So if you want, you know, that kind of TV, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's pretty mindless, but also it you will binge it. Just yes, like it. just like uh, Frank and Grace or Grace and Frankie, which is the last ep- season of that show. It's one of Netflix's longest running sitcoms or shows on Netflix. So it's in seventh season. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, my girlfriend got me hooked on it. I wasn't sure if I was going to watch it. And let me tell you, that motherfucker is funny 
AF. I mean, so I'm enjoying that because it's in its last season. And then I just watched two episodes of Ozark, the final season of Ozark. Oh, so are you finished with Ozark? No, 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 no. I'm going to slowly watch that. Okay, so I am. Um, I didn't watch the most recent season. I left with the explosive season at the very end, where there was a big um, shooting. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Spoiler, so I, I, that's where I am. So. Okay. But I, I think it has ended. Right. It ended with this current season. That's correct. Okay. Okay. So I'm because I'm, I'm going to watch it, but I wanted to watch. And there's only like four or five episodes, right? It's not. It's I not think so. Right? I think so. I think it's only going to be because it. They broke it up. They broke up the final season in two parts. Got it. Okay. So just for the listeners, Ozark is a Netflix show starring Jason Bateman as an accountant and Laura Lenny as um, I think she's a lawyer and uh, Jason Bateman. They're in Chicago and Jason Bateman. The premise. He finds out that his partner at his accounting firm um, has been doing some side work for some drug cartels. And then the sort the, the 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 episodes go from there. Like that's that's what happens. So it's um is gritty, is violent, it's it's tense, and it's you know, they're no good guys. <laughs> None. No and I'm telling you, Jason Bateman, we've all seen him in um the boss what is that one the, oh yeah hungry uh, angry bosses or something angry like that. bosses and he was in silver spoon so all of you 80s show watchers jason bateman was ricky schroeder Ugh, ricky schroeder yeah. never mind about him but yeah jason bateman was on silver spoons with ricky schroeder okay so you're pretty old and you okay skipped over, you, <laughs> you skipped over jason bateman um also starred in some current series, or not current anymore, but on Fox. And you know what? Now I can't even think of the name of the series. Um, oh, I know what you're talking the Blute, about. The Blue, the Blue family. They got rich selling yes bananas oh, or something, God. right? That show. And what so he was the a star of that, that show, right? They had that wonderful, his wonderful drunk mother, Jessica Walters, um, the funny guy. Anyway, yeah, it's a it's a really funny series directed by Ron Howard. Um, oh. Really? Yes. Yes. And you know, I, I you know what you know what while we're on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up because we need to we need to do that service. Arrested Jason. development. Ah, perfect. Arrested development. Yes. Just um just a wonderful TV show. I don't know if they, they made some movies or something and that wasn't very good, but Arrested Development was on I think it was on Fox. It's just three years. Um Jason Bateman, Portia de Rossi, Will Arnett. Michael Sarah, Jessica Walter, David Cross. I mean, just a, a really good cast um, of white characters. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you guys just call it what it is, right? <laughs> Jeffrey, Tam- Jeffrey Tambor, Tony Hale, Liza Minnelli, uh, May Witness. So a, a really great cast of characters on a really funny show. So anyway, but Ozark. Okay, so Ozark final season is out there. Um, Agent, so how's Mojito? He is actually behind me snoring. So if you hear any snoring, it's not you on your sleep apnea machine. It's actually Mojito, who should have <laughs> probably have a sleep apnea machine. He, we walk every day. Okay, so when Mojito wasn't full of, you know, a couple of diseases, we would go for about three miles every day, rain or shine in this field. And we would, uh, he would run free. So he'd be off leash, chasing rabbits, blah, blah, blah. One time I found I saw something on his neck when we came home this was you know I was like why is there a lima bean on your neck 
And on, it was a, what I found, it was a tick that was so engorged that it looked like a lima bean from drinking all its blood. So oh my God. we never went there again. So we've been walking, of course, I've moved into this house almost two years ago. So we walk around this residential area and now that he's older and, and, and has some challenges, we walk about 1.1 mile in the morning and a couple minutes in the afternoon. And last Ooh. night or yesterday morning, I was getting ready to leave. And there was a motherfucking tick on his leg. And I had to go and grab that little thing out. So what's interesting about ticks, for those of you that don't know, this is why people don't realize that they have them, is when the tick bites you, it releases a, um, I don't want to say venom, but we'll say for the purpose of this conversation, that numbs the area that it's feeding off of. So you'll never feel a tick on you until you see it or like scratch yourself and find the tick. This is why people will say, I had a tick in my leg or in my hair or my neck. And I never knew until it got so big because you suddenly felt it. So I got the tick off of him yesterday. It bled a little bit. And he had no idea because he couldn't feel that tick. Other than that, he is resting comfortably. It is good to hear. That is a horror story about ticks. Yes. Um, but my goodness. Um, so what do you got coming up this weekend? This or this week? Oh. I mean, I mean, we're recording on Monday, so it's not really this weekend. We're like, what do you have coming up for the week? You know what? This week is just, I got a couple days off work. I'm going down to LA actually this coming weekend to visit my brother down in LA. So the last time I went, I had a little bit of a back issue. I think when I got back, I had to do an MRI and there was some, I had a a joint or not a joint, but a nerve issue, not a sciatica, something else. And when I was down visiting him, I was in such excruciating pain that I couldn't really enjoy it. And uh, I want to go back down and, and go see see him. We're going to go to a couple of vegan restaurants that are on my IG that I want to try and oh, nice. uh, just chill out. Oh, very nice. So this weekend or this coming week, I am going to, um, I have a couple of writing projects that I'm going to work on over the next few days. And then uh, I really have nothing left for the week, although I'm taking Leah to get a haircut on Friday and then uh, take her shopping for Mother's Day for her mother on Friday. And then Saturday, I'm flying to New York. I'm going to be with LAN for the next week. Um, for that, for that following week. Fucking retired life. <laughs> <laughs> retired from corporate America, but still working in my own way. And a lot of my work is just trying to figure out this Zoom podcast, computer. <laughs> oh my god! At it's least just, your sound sounds better. It sounds better, right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm making progress and um, I am going to buy a new computer, but you know how you, you make up your mind to buy something and you just don't do it for a moment. Like you just sort of sit with that, with that yes. thought, like, do you do that? And then, and then yeah. when I, and then, <laughs> and then when I go, I'm going to go, I'm going to just purchase it and walk out the store. It'll be very simple, but it's like, I'm going through, I'm going through both the, the sadness of having to spend that money right now. Yeah. I'm just getting it out of my system. Well, have it when you're, we, when we record next so that you could, Hey, go to Best Buy. They have like 12 months interest free. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Oh, you know, I forgot to tell you, I, we were in, um, we were in Canada and my uncle had forgotten his a headset or something or a battery or something, a charger. That's what it was. And I'll have to tell you this story at another time. But one part of it was 
we ended up taking it, my uncle Bill, we ended up taking an Uber to go to Costco. Um, and so um, he didn't believe Uber would work. Like he just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't believe, he would not accept the entire concept of how Uber operates, right? But I got him to work through that. We, we go to Costco and I, believing I have a Costco membership, walk in boldly like I own the whole goddamn place, right? <laughs> and they stop me and say, well, what's your membership card? And my brain just turns to mush before. It's like, it's like when you pull the um, slot machine at, at the casino and all the things are spinning. And then it, and when it stops spinning, my brain landed on, you dumb motherfucker, you don't have a Costco. You use Jennifer's Costco. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, and that bead though, it never gave me a card. I just have her number online. <laughs> and my uncle looks at me and goes, you have a Costco membership? And I go, Jennifer does. <laughs> and my uncle, my uncle Bill goes, who's Jennifer? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Never mind. This, this is all her fault. <laughs> Somehow I was blamed for it. Oh my oh, god! I was, in a, I was in another country blaming you for stuff. So, <laughs> but it turns out he had one. So we worked it out. But I just, I totally forgot to tell you my little Costco episode that you almost ruined my life in another. Country. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's wrap it up. Thanks everybody for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful week and weekend. And we will see you see you next week. Hey Jen, say goodbye. Hey, peace out, everybody. And as always, stay shallow. Stay shallow.